As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. My name is Rick Renner, and I want to say welcome to Home Group. And you can see right off that tonight I'm seated next to a very large vase. Why? Because it is an illustration of what we're going to be talking to you about tonight. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the wine of the Holy Spirit, and it's going to really be good. But I want you to get the free download on the symbols of the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is go to renner.org to our store, and you can download this free right now. It is quite a gift. And you ought to go ahead and order the whole series. It's 10 parts called Symbols of the Holy Spirit. It's what I'm teaching in the regular TV program. But tonight, we're going to be discussing it as a group with me, Denise, Joel, and Maxine. And we're also offering you my book, which is called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. The back of the book says, A Fresh Look at the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. In this book, you'll learn how to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why do you need them? What is the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? You need this. It'll be a real wake-up for you. And we're also offering you my book, which is called The Holy Spirit and You, Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. If you need prayer, please write us, prayer at renner.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593. We would love to hear from you. And friends, we want to say thank you for being with us in home group tonight. We're so glad that you're with us. And Denise, I'm glad that you're here with us. Thank you, Rick. And home group, welcome. Welcome. We're going to have such an awesome time tonight talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit as wine. Oh, it's going to be powerful. Now, Joel, what do you have in your hands? Now, my friends, this is a, this is a souvenir. souvenir from the Fabergé Museum where you can find nine Fabergé eggs. Real Fabergé eggs, nine of them. That's right. It's the second largest collection in the world. And each Fabergé egg had a little surprise in it. Yes. And so this one has a little carriage, but this is a fabrication. Yes, it's just it's a, souvenir, a souvenir. Souvenir. And it is quite large. The originals are much smaller. Well, the reason we brought it tonight is because last night we mentioned the Fabergé Museum where we had just filmed some TV programs. But last night we were talking about the Holy Spirit as light. And you know there's an amazing thing about darkness and light. When you're in darkness, you can't see anything. For example, if you have a beautiful diamond ring, you cannot enjoy it in the dark. Nobody will even know you have it on. But when you put that diamond in light, suddenly it begins to sparkle. It begins to glisten. It is amazing what you can see in the light. Well, this egg is really beautiful in the light because it begins to refract so many different colors. Isn't it amazing? It's beautiful. Fabergé was such an amazing artist and jeweler. Anyway, this is just a souvenir but it's more beautiful when it's in the light. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He brings light into our lives so we can really begin to see and enjoy God's work in our lives. Maxime, we also want to welcome you tonight. I'm so happy to be here. And what I like about those eggs in the Fabergé Museum in St. Petersburg, they're called royal eggs, most of them. Mm -hmm. They were made for somebody from the imperial royal, fa family. Family, for royal family. I'm happy to be here. And Pastor Rick, for me, it's really cool to be here because here, I do not translate from English into Russian, and I can just enjoy your teaching, which I really like. Well, thank you. But we've been looking at symbols of the Holy Spirit tonight. We're going to talk about symbol number 15. There's 15 symbols we have covered last week and this week, symbols of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, 
we're going to see the Holy Spirit as wine. The Holy Spirit in Scripture is symbolized as wine. Mm. And we find this in Acts chapter 2, when the Bible tells us that Peter and the apostles come out of the upper room. That's right. And people begin to say, these men are drunk. And Peter prophesies and says, these are not drunk with wine. When they got filled with the Holy Spirit, people thought they were drunk. You know why? Just like wine has an intoxicating effect that will make you behave differently, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're changed. If you're having a bad day, you just need to take a sip of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will intoxicate you in a good way. It'll bring you joy. It'll bring you laughter. It will dispel darkness. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it changes your thinking. It changes your behavior. And the Bible likens the Holy Spirit's presence in our life to wine and even being drunk on wine. Isn't that amazing, Denise? Oh, I just, I love it. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I spoke in other tongues, I started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And that was a manifestation of the joy of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has joy. He's not depressed and he has joy to share. You know, sometimes people are real timid and shy. It's amazing that a timid person and a shy person who would never, ever do anything publicly, when they get drunk with real wine, often they'll dance on top of the table. They just do things they would never normally do when they get drunk. Well, in the same way, we're told in Ephesians chapter 5 that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not to be drunk with wine. But the Apostle Paul likens wine to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which means if you're a shy person, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll become a very bold person. If you're a timid person, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be a very courageous person. The Holy Spirit changes the way we think. The Holy Spirit changes the way we feel. The infilling of the Holy Spirit changes the way that we behave. And that's why when we come to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, Denise, what does the Bible say? It says, are you ready, home group? Therefore... Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, stop right there. This verse is saying that we need to know what is the will of the Lord. You need to understand it. Now he's going to tell us what the will of the Lord is. Look at verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is excess, but be filled with with the Holy Spirit. And look what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. What does the next verse say? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always, isn't that awesome? For all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to this one submitting to one another in the fear of God. Well, I know that person's drunk because this verse says when you're really filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to submit to somebody. You're even willing to submit to somebody. Yes, I would love to submit. That's a person that's really under some kind of an influence. That's right. The Holy Spirit changes us. And by the way, if you're having a bad day, don't go grab a bottle of alcohol. You don't need that. You need to be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He comes with the effect of wine 
He fills you. He changes you. Your character changes. Your behavior changes. Your thinking changes. Rather than be negative, you begin speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Holy Spirit's infilling totally changes us. And that is why in the scripture, he's likened to wine. Well, the Holy Spirit is so present. Of course, he's in you. You know that intellectually. We know that intellectually. We know intellectually he's with us. We know that he's on us for power. But when you say, help Holy Spirit, like you're trying to figure something out so hard yourself. And then you say, help Holy Spirit. Well, you just open the door for the Holy Spirit to come in and help and change the, what, your behavior. But when you come to the New Testament, there's something very important about the Holy Spirit as wine. In the first century, when the New Testament was being written, there were two kinds of containers for wine. First of all, there was a vase like this, and then there was a wine skin. Well, when Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit, he never likens us to a vase. He always likens us to a wine skin. That's very important. Are you ready for this? Yes. If you put wine into a vase like this, and this is a replica of a wine holder from the first century today, people who do excavations under the sea often find these amphoras just like this. In the first century in the ancient world, they would take these vases, fill them with wine, then they would cap it off with wax that would be hardened and it would hold wine. And the wine would ferment. It would ferment. And in fact, it could ferment so long that it would become nearly dangerous to drink. You know, sometimes it just gets so super powerful, it'll just knock you flat. It could even poison you. And if you let wine ferment for too long, it could even be a detriment to your health. Jesus never likens us to a vase. We were not created just to hold the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We were created by God to be a wineskin. A wineskin is constantly emptied and refilled. Isn't that something? God did not create us spiritually just to ferment. And this is a big problem that happens in churches, by the way. They have a great encounter with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves in the church, but they don't give out. And because they don't give out, they become like a vase. And sometimes that kind of a move of the Holy Spirit eventually spoils. Because the church was never designed just to hold the fullness of the Spirit. We were designed by God to be a wineskin that is constantly giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. And by the way, a wineskin was pretty small. A wineskin had to constantly be replenished. And Jesus uses that example in Luke chapter 5. Joel, you want to read it? Verse 37. Verse 37. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine be burst, will burst the bottles, and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. Maxine, verse 38. But the new wine must be put into new wine skins, and both are preserved. Then in verse 39. No and man, having drunk old wine, straightway desireth new, for he says the old is better. But in this text, Jesus says that wine is created to be put not in vases like this, but when we're talking about God's people, we're to be like wineskins. Wineskins were mobile. They were not sedentary. They were not to be put on a shelf or stored in a warehouse. 
They were something you used when you were on the move. And likewise, God doesn't fill us with the Holy Spirit just so we can sit around and say, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm just so full of the Holy Spirit. That is so selfish. That's kind of like a vase that just is full and does no good for anybody. It ferments until finally it's nearly toxic. God has made us to be on the move. And when you're on the move, you need a constant infilling of the Holy Spirit. And God's intention is for us to give what we have. Those wineskins were quickly emptied. And because they were quickly emptied, guess what? You had to go back to the source to get a new infilling all the time. And likewise, God has fashioned us guys, and he's fashioned you home group to be a giver. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, fill you with his power, not so you can sit around like a vase and say, look at me, look what I've got, and just ferment with it. But God wants you to be on the move to the world. People need the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants you to give and give and give and give and give and be on the move to give and give and give and keep coming back to receive a new infilling. Denise? I was just listening to Jesse Duplantis the other day. And, you know, he gives so much. He, he's in services almost every day of his life. He's giving and giving and giving. And what he said, he said, I get up in the morning and I'm refilled and I go again. And I thought that was an awesome attitude. Denise, you know, I pray about every morning. Every morning I pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the seven things that I do every day. Why not? God wants to give us a brand new infilling, Joel. Think about how the Bible says that seed is given to the sower. And I think it's the same thing here. If, you, if you're infilled with the Holy Spirit and you share the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive a new infilling. And you'll always have more infilling if you keep on sharing. And I think that what you said is we're not supposed to be these vases that just sit sedentary and don't... Inferment. Inferment. That sounds ridiculous. We need to be used. We're here as tools to God's liking. And I think if he wants to use us, we need to allow him to and not just sit there sedentary. Denise? Well, the very character of the Holy Spirit is that he's moving. He's not sedimentary. He is moving. He wants to go. The, I mean, the cloud that covered the um, Israelites in the wilderness, it was moving. The fire by night, it was moving. And the Holy Spirit, he is moving. That's the first thing we saw yeah. a week ago Monday. It was powerful. Maxime? Yes. Uh, I personally do not drink, and I think we as Christians sh should not drink. But if we're talking about wine, they're wine connoisseurs, people that know something about good wine. And I was reading about them. And uh, a good connoisseur is somebody, is somebody who can drink the same wine if it's a good wine can drink the same wine again and again, and every time he drinks it, he finds new detail, new taste. And Holy Spirit is the, be is the best kind of wine there is. And we are supposed to be, we're not, we're, we don't drink real wine, but we're supposed to be like good connoisseurs. We find new taste in him every time we visit with him and we're talking about coming back again and again, and every time there's new taste, new, is there what nuance? Nuance. Nuance. Every time good connoisseur finds new nuance in, in a very good wine. Well, I want to say Denise and I don't drink either. We just don't see any need for it. But we're told in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, we've all been made to drink 
of that one, one spirit. spirit. And the word drink there, the Greek word pino, can be translated to be imbibed. God wants us to drink of the spirit. Amen. I have a question. Yeah. When Jesus did his first miracle with the wine, mm -hmm. is that the kind of vases they were in? Yeah, they were, using, they were using vases like this. That's a heavy vase. It's very heavy. We just brought it here. But I want to say something else. When you study everything that Jesus said about wineskins, he talks about new wineskins, old wineskins, and it seems that sometimes a wineskin can be ruined. You don't put new wine in an old wineskin. You know why? Because an old wineskin becomes inflexible. And if you pour new wine into an old wineskin, it can tear it, it can destroy it, and that's because there are chemical reactions in a container that holds wine. And so I just want to read you about how to renew a wineskin. How to renew a wineskin. Maybe you're listening today. It's been a long time since you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And recently you've been around some new wine. And it seems a little strange to you and you're having a hard time receiving it. You know that God's doing something wonderful, but it's just a little hard for you to accommodate what God is doing these days. Well, how do you renew yourself so that you can receive any movement of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. First of all, the chemicals in the wine could affect the wine skin over a period of time, and the skin could dry, and the wine skin could even crack. And that's why people often replaced old wine skins with new wine skins. But if you had an old wine skin that you really liked, you did not have to replace it. There was a way to renew an old wine skin. Now, it was cheaper just to go get a new wineskin. But if you have a wineskin that you really like, that you want to keep using, you could take an old, dried, cracked wineskin and you could renew it. But the process was pretty intense to renew an old wineskin. And likewise, if you feel you become a little inflexible with the Spirit of God, God still wants to move in your life. He can fill anybody, but He still wants to use you. You're a favorite in God's mind. You can be renewed. You can still receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The process was painful, but an old wineskin could be made new again, and here's what they did. First, they scrubbed it and scrubbed it and scrubbed it and scrubbed it and scrubbed it. I mean, they just nearly scrubbed the life out of that thing. <laughs> Secondly, they beat it. They would beat that skin and beat that skin and beat that skin. Then they would wash it and wash it and wash it and wash it. And then they would heat it. They would put it out into the sun. They would heat that wineskin. And then they would shrink it to get it back into shape again. Is that amazing? <laughs> All of that to make an old wineskin usable again. And then, that's not all, they would start the process all over again as many times as necessary to renew it. That's a pretty intense process. Through the ringer. You did it on the stage once. I remember you doing it. I, I illustrated this once for our church in Moscow. But listen, if you feel like you're just fermenting and not giving life to others, if you feel like you're an old wineskin, but you want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, you may need to go through a spiritual process to get ready for a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. You may need to repent. You may need to repent for being hard-hearted. You may let the Holy Spirit really work you over to get the hard and stiff places out of your life. The Holy Spirit may want to scrub you and scrub you and wash you and wash you and heat you and shrink you and put you through a process so you become flexible again 
and you can receive what God wants to give you. And I want to read a scripture to you. And the scripture is in Psalm 57, verse 7 and verse 10. Listen to this. David is praying. And David says, purge me with hyssop. Mm. Do you guys realize what a strong word that is? Hyssop was really a strong, stringent. I mean, that is an amazing prayer. Purge me with hyssop. That's like saying, God, scrub me and scrub me and scrub me and scrub me with hyssop. Do the most serious thing you have to do to get me back in shape and I shall be clean. That's what it says. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew, renew a right spirit within me. But in order for him to be able to have that right spirit, First of all, he had to be purged with hyssop and made clean. And if you feel that you've become an old wineskin, Jesus wants to renew you, and he will. He is the wonderful renewer and restorer, but it requires your participation. You have to have a heart that is willing to be renewed and to do whatever you have to do to get the hard places out of your life. Denise? Well, I was thinking about what Maxime said about the person that's the wine connoisseur and that he has the privilege of getting a new nuance every time that he takes takes a drink. And when we spend time with the Holy Spirit and in the Word of God, it's like new. It's just Amen. new. He, he's never boring. He's never the same. He's always opening up something new and wonderful about himself or about Jesus or about the Father or about you. I mean, the Holy Spirit, he just knows everything. And I just love that, what you said about those connoisseurs about wine. And Rick, what you said, if if we're going to get new wine and if we're going to get rid of these old wineskins, we really have to adjust, adjust our attitude because at the end of that scripture, it says that those who have tasted the old wine, they consider it better. Amen. They don't want to change. Amen. Hmm, that's interesting. It's an, it's an attitude change. That's a really good. Thank you, Denise. They, they see what they've got is we have to see it. It's not enough. In fact, this is starting to smell. And I've got to change my attitude that I want more of the Holy Spirit's activity and his fellowship Amen. in my life. You know what, Denise, that is so good. Thank you for saying that. It kind of brings to my mind something you and I were talking about yesterday in the car, that God's trying to do some new things. And sometimes you have to embrace what God's doing. And when you're accustomed to the way that it's always been done, mm -hmm. isn't it amazing how you can fall into the, into the rut of tradition? Mm -hmm. You started so free and so full of the Holy Spirit, but you can fall into your own rut and so that you do not accommodate something new that God wants to do. And you have to make a decision. You know what? I'm not going to get stuck on the old because God has something new. 
Amen. It is a decision. And that scripture I want to read to you, it says it's verse 39 of Luke chapter five. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new. That is such a good verse, Denise. For he says the old is better. That doesn't mean that it's right. It's just that's what he's used to. That's what he said. That doesn't mean he's right like what you said, Rick. It doesn't mean he's right. But that's what he said. Denise, I want to accommodate everything God wants to give me. I never want to get stuck on the past. Oh. Let's just keep expanding, making more room for more of Ooh. the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. Making more room and more room and more room. Now, I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 5 because there's something amazing there. Let's go back there. Matthew? Ephesians 5. Oh, oh Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So he's going to tell us what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18. Be not drunk with wine. First of all, it is the will of the Lord that you don't get drunk with wine. Amen. And I want to advise you to be very careful about your use of alcohol. The Bible says, do not get drunk with wine. But it says, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. What is amazing about this verse is when Paul says, be not drunk with wine, in Greek it is a very strong prohibition to stop something that you are doing. He's writing to the Ephesians. Ay, ay, ay. This was reputedly the most mature of all the churches in the first century. And the Greek literally means stop it, stop it now. I want you to stop, stop getting drunk on wine. And the only way you can honestly interpret that verse is that the mature church of Ephesus was getting drunk. He says, this is excess. Stop it, stop it now, cut it out. Why in the world are you doing this? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Which means, rather than turn to a chemical for your fix, to change your attitude, turn to the Spirit of God. Amen. He says, put away this alcohol business. This is excess. Amen. Be filled with the Spirit. And guess what? In Greek, it says, be ye being filled, which means it's not a one-time deal. You're not supposed to be a pot that you're poured into just to hold it one time. This just receives once and it's finished. You're to be a wine skin. You're to be being, being filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And you're supposed to be giving and giving and giving and giving. So you need to keep being filled and filled and filled and filled. And I just have to ask you today, are you a vase that's fermenting? Or are you a wineskin that's on the move to be used by the Lord that needs to be refilled again and again and again? And if you feel like you've become an old wineskin and you're just hung up on the way of, you've always done it the old way, you can be renewed. You can become a new wineskin that can accommodate a brand new infilling. And I know that you want that. I know that's what you want. Might be a little hard, but I know that you want that. Let go of the past. Praise God for the past. Amen, amen, amen. You know what? Jerusalem became an old wineskin. Jerusalem, that's where Pentecost started. And you know what? They got so hung up on Christianity that was mixed with Judaism 
that God really couldn't do what he wanted to do there. So God moved the hub of the Spirit north to Antioch. You think that was God's original plan? Jerusalem very quickly became an old wineskin. So God said, I'm going to go somewhere where people are flexible. Even Jerusalem became an old wineskin. It doesn't take long for people to get stuck in tradition and to become an old wineskin. Don't let it happen to you. And Father, in Jesus' name, we pray, Lord, that none of us will be an old wineskin. Lord, we want to remain flexible to receive every new infilling of the Holy Spirit. Help us to have open hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, we're out of time. Amen. Remember, if you need prayer, call us 1-800-742-5593 or write us at prayer at renner.org. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.